17-17. Detroit with the victory over Denver. And again, Jared Goff, five touchdown passes tonight. Ties the all-time mark in Detroit Lions history. Oh. Ooh. Yuck and poo, I believe the phrase is. Broncos lose in Detroit by a score of 42 to 17. Welcome into a B-team edition of the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye Baked Goods with you here, hanging out in the uh, Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Studios, talking a little sports on your Monday morning. Rise and shine. Well, we're going to do one of those things. I'm uh, fairly happy with the Browns win over the Bears. Shaved years off my life at the end of that game. Yeah, I was going to say, normally a play like that at the end where a botched Hail Mary, that's usually that's usually the Browns that are on the wrong end of that sort mm-hmm. of a play. <laughs> and they very nearly were. So, yeah, they very nearly were on the wrong end of that play. Uh, there are people that are saying that uh, Sean Payton's quitting on the Broncos already. That's quick. Whew, man, that was quick. Uh, man, and I know it's December. It's the week before Christmas. Man, that's quick, though. That The quit on the Broncos is really, really, really soon. I want to get... I want to get on the record right now and say I'm not one of those people that You're not, that. You know, I am surprised about that. I figured you would be. You know, eight, nine weeks ago, probably would have been. Now, not so much. Because here's the, here's the thing. I truly did not expect Denver to win this game in Detroit. Now, did I think it was going to be as lopsided? Not really. See, I went reverse Jedi mind trick in my picks to try to either A... Make Broncos fans pick against the Broncos to stay, to try to close the gap on me, or B, to not let the gap get too wide if I was trailing anybody. That's what I did. Because I don't know the standings. You just tell me the picks, and I pick the game. I don't know where I'm at week to week. I can tell you. I would appreciate that at some point. So as it currently stands Mm -hmm. um, with after last night, you have uh, Jim in first place. Okay. You are one game back of him. I am two games back of you, so three You're games three out, of out of first. And uh, our... Petey's in fourth. Petey is in fourth, and he is uh, five games back. Ooh. With three to play. Three weeks to play. Well, we go all the way through the Super Bowl. Yes. But Broncos lose 42-17. to 17. Sam Laporta, Iowa tight end, scored more points Saturday than Iowa did the entire month of November, I think. That sounds right. Sounds about right. Um, An Iowa tight end having success in the NFL. Who, didn't, who, yeah, who knew? They can't do it at the college level. But <laughs> but damn, those level. guys can block, can't they? Um, yeah, Pyle, what are your thoughts? Saturday, you, uh, you took in the game on... The uh, the Team Sports Network or wherever it was on TV. I don't remember right off the top of my head. NFL Network. Thank you. That's the that's the case. NFL Network. And the Broncos got blitzed. It was not good. It was not great. 12.31 left to go in the half. The Lions started their scoring barrage. Six touchdowns in their last seven drives, including five in a row. Broncos did not have a takeaway. They had they committed one turnover. 
penalties. Kind of a little bit of a push. Detroit had two penalties, but they were big ones. The Broncos had four for 40 yards. So they had more penalties, but fewer yards penalized. Couple of sacks each, one turnover, time of possession, two and a half minutes favoring the Lions. So not... You, you look at it, and the domination was the running game. Absolutely. Detroit gained 102 more yards than the Broncos on the same amount of carries. 28 for 185 for Detroit, 28 for 83 on the Broncos. And like Vance Joseph's defense had trouble with the speed. Not going to say because that's a terrible coach, Vance Joseph. It's just they're really fast. Amonra St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, Montgomery, Laporta, not necessarily fast, but very skilled. Uh, Jamison Williams, you're playing against some of those guys with guys who have not been at 100% all season, guys who were not starters coming into the season on this defense. So you're kind of behind the eight ball there. I think all that to say... I disagree with the Sean Keelers of the world who say Sean Payton quit on the Broncos because he didn't challenge the touchdown that wasn't yeah. down three scores in the in middle of the third quarter. And it was a bad decision to not challenge it, I agree, but that doesn't mean he quit because mm-hmm. it probably was <laughs> – there were probably other factors at play. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if Javante Williams got in. I still don't know. Two days later, right? But you had the penalty on Quinn Miners, which was pretty much to shut up Andy Reid and the Chiefs, which is unfortunate, but sometimes that happens. To think that the NFL is always on the up and up about this sort of thing is ridiculous because they're not. But the C... We call it on everybody. It got called every game I watched had an offsides penalty on the offense at some point this weekend. Just to say, look, we call it on everybody, and now we're going to call it 30 million times. And now we're really going to call it on everybody. We're going to call it on everybody, and you're still going to be fined $100,000, Andy Reid. And 50000 for Patrick Mahomes. Right. Was it? Was it questionable? Sure. Was Quinn Miners probably not actually offsides? I don't know. But all of the screen grabs of people are not right down the line of scrimmage. They're like, see, he's behind the ball. Well, yeah, because the camera view you're looking at is two yards deep into the end zone. So you're eight feet off the ball looking at an angle. Of course he's going to be behind it. But... If you're sitting there and you're like, man, if Quinn Miners is on sides, we might win that game. You're wrong. I'm sorry. I agree. You could have two defenders offside, and you're still going to lose that game the way the Lions play. The way Jared Goff played, you could have Bradley, or not Bradley. You could have John, I almost called him Bradley Cooper. You have Jonathan Cooper standing next to Jared Goff, and you might still lose that game. Jared Goff had a rating of 134.6. He was 24 of 34, 278, 
five, count them up, five touchdowns. You had a 100-yard receiver. You had a 100-yard rusher. You couldn't stop any of them. That's not Quinn Miners being offsides or Sean Payton quitting, air quotes, on the team because he did not challenge a would-have-been-maybe touchdown. Here's the thing with NFL officiating. Is there any guarantee they call it a touchdown in the first place? Right. Then, oh, my gosh, if it's not definitive, why did you challenge that? Now you're down to one timeout. It's, it's it, the fickle nature of the fan base that Sean Payton's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. And then he yells at Russell Wilson. Which he says it wasn't at Russell Wilson. It was the frustration of the... He was yelling to Russell Wilson? Of the call about the offsides and all that. I, mm-hmm. oof, I don't know. I don't know if he was angry at Russ, if there was a sequence that was out of whack and that was Russ's fault and... Sean didn't like that. I, there was, there were a lot of things that went wrong in that game for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Not the least of which was they couldn't score. And when you have touchdowns taken off the board by the officials, sometimes your fan base is going to think that they're out, they're out to get you. Yeah, and they're not. They're not out to get you. If they're gonna be out to get anybody, it's someone that. They're either tired of the success, which if you ask any Broncos fan, they have not won for millions of years, or it's going to be people no one likes. Like, I know Mike Florio noted a tin hat person and Broncos country. There are some people where it's like, oh, the NFL hates Sean Payton. Like, why? Uh, Bounty Gate. We still have some of the people that are, oh, it's because of Bounty Gate. Well, the season-long suspension, you don't think got the job done? Don't you think they would be conspiracy theory-wise to make Aaron Rodgers not play ever again with some of the things he says in the media? Wouldn't you think they conspiracy theoried the Chiefs beating the Patriots, which, or the Patriots beating the Chiefs, which didn't happen? Like, out of all these sayings, it's, oh, they're against us. Come on. You gave up 42 points to the Lions. Put that touchdown on the board. I don't care. Give it to him now. Two days later, you still lost 42 to 24. You still lost by at least two, three right. possessions. Give him four more points. You still lost 42-21. Give him the touchdown instead of the You mark it, put it on pro football reference right now. The only thing that does is give Jaleel McLaughlin a little bit more bargaining power when he's a free agent. You're not winning that game because he gets into the... You've already shown an inability to stop them over the previous four drives. Was it 28-7 at that point or 35-7 or whatever it was? Like That part of the game, you were already toasted. We're like, oh, now the playoffs are gone because Sean Payton was yelling at Russell Wilson and didn't throw the challenge flag. Like, I think that's just... That's the rose-colored glasses. And there's another thing here. In this winning streak and all these wins for the uh, for the Broncos, they won, what, five in a row and six out of seven. There's one really good team they beat in there. That's Kansas City. And who knows even how good they are. Chargers aren't great. Bills are getting better. The Browns are, you know, not not elite, not great. Bills are starting to play better. The Vikings aren't great. Chiefs are probably the best team in that lot. The Packers aren't great. The Bears aren't a great team. 
you went up against a very good final four caliber in the NFC team, and it showed. Maybe this team is just not at that point yet. I know, pearl clutching in some places. Shocker. But there's also realism out there. It's like, yeah, you know what? This is maybe a year early under Sean Payton. Oh, who knows, though? If you listen to Sean Keeler, maybe the next five years under Sean Payton have already been quitted. The, you know, I. The thing for me, though, is that I totally did not expect Denver to win this game. So I'm not coming in here today with Sean Payton quit, rah, right. Russell sucks, blah, 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 blah. No, I didn't think they were going to win this game. So this, I'm totally, totally fine with where they're at right now because they're 7-7 seven and seven in December. Mm-hmm. And they've got two very, very winnable games up next. Patriots, they're going to win that game. Chargers in Denver at Mile High, that's probably a win. Vegas, that one I uh, got a little bit of concern. So if they finish 9-8, and eight, they're probably not in the playoffs because of where the rest of the AFC mm-hmm. is right now. But that's a winning record. That is something that last year would have been begging for nine and eight. Begging right. for nine and eight. So, like I said, I don't think... You got your hopes up, and that's fine, but now it's not back to the NFL screwing us. Our coach quit. You lost to a very good a Detroit division team. champion caliber team because they're going to win that division. Yeah. Like... Detroit's fantastic. Your defense, while playing better, is still 30th in points and yards. And you'd be like, well, a lot of that was the Dolphins game. Yes, but they've also played 10 since then. And it's not gotten significantly better. The defense has bent but not break a lot of times, but 400 yards to the Bears, 400 yards to the Jets, the Zach Wilson Jets, who the Dolphins shut out yesterday, 448 yards to the Lions, 350 to the Texans, 370 to the Bills, 385 to the Vikings, who was Josh Dobbs, I'm almost certain. You know, like this, there's a lot of problems here, and not all of them are Russell Wilson gets paid so much money so he needs to play better, and Sean Payton quit on the team. It's like those are not the reason why, A, you lost on Saturday, or B, that you're sitting at 7-7 seven and seven looking up at 10 other teams in the AFC. I just see some of this, and it's not everybody. I have to say that because some people get upset with me. It's not everybody. It's not all Broncos fans. But the ones that react outwardly are the ones that make people scratch their heads. Like, it's, a, it's an average football team. And some people take offense to that. Like, they take offense to, you got lucky in X game. <gasps> it's fine. It happens. We got lucky yesterday. Take the lucky and win. Or you're average. You're 7-7. Seven and seven. You've won as many as you've lost. You've lost to some good teams. You've lost to some bad teams. Looking at you, Vegas, Washington, Jets. Looking at, you beat some good teams. Packers. Good team. Buffalo. In Buffalo. That's still an, an impressive win. 
You turned them over four times. They outgained you by 70 yards, and you still beat them. Lucky. It's fine. But some of this, and it's mainly Sean Keeler, I'll say that, just irritated me with, well, he quit on the team. Okay, because he didn't challenge. Has anybody watched the officiating this year, last year, the last five years under replay? If you're in your car, if you're at a stoplight, if you're driving, 10 and 2. But if you're stopped for the time being, raise your hands if you've seen the NFL blow a call on replay at any point this year. Yeah. Ding. So there's no guarantee that that would even be called a touchdown because it wasn't clear and obvious, at least not to me. Right. So, I mean, it just frustrate, frustrates the crap out of me, the fact that they lost to a good team. You could not move the ball. You could score. You couldn't stop the line. You could not stop the run to save your life yesterday or Saturday. But it, Sean Payton not throwing the challenge flag is quitting on the team. For real. Get real here. Anyway, it's a happy, fun time. Otherwise, yeah, for you. on the Jim Davis show on a Monday. Um, Can we just say that Saturday sucked for a Colorado dude? <laughs> Not good at all. Like, Broncos lost. Avalanche lost. Nuggets were our only hope, and they <laughs> lost. Blew a, blew a lead late uh, against the Thunder. Yeah. Oh. I mean, Thunder aren't bad this year, but No, they're pretty decent, goodness. but... They probably should not be beating the Nuggets at Ball Arena. Not if you have... If you're a... Not if you're the Nuggets who have a lead late in yeah. the fourth. Nathan McKinnon, though, scored twice. Avs won. Actually, you know what? Instead, let's just uh, hop right into... What's happening? Yes, what's happening brought to you by our friends over at ComWest. If you're looking to upgrade your phone system, go to ComWestCorp.com. Although our internet's down, so, you know, tagline and things and all of that nature. We'll get that to you hopefully here at some point. ComWestCorp.com. Dot com is the place to go there. All right. So we'll start it off with, uh, oh, awesome. Freezing not responding on this side of the screen as well. This is great. It's not responding. Sean Payton has quit on our news software as uh, well. Yeah, it's quit on me too. Look at that. Uh, Broncos dropped back to 500, 42-17 loss to the Lions. Both teams scoreless. After the first quarter, but Detroit opened up with five straight scoring possessions after that. After the game, Broncos head coach Sean Payton says, I quit on this team. Maybe. Well, there it is. Maybe. is it? It's not playing. Look at that. Stellar. We have got problems galore. Maybe I can get it uh, somewhere else here. Let's try. Maybe if I can. No, that's not going to work either. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, this is just, this is a super fun time disaster going on it. over here. Yeah, I Russell Wilson was 18 of 32, passing for three, 223 yards. Well, Lions quarterback Jared Goff threw for five touchdowns. Denver's defense did not force a turnover. Broncos play Christmas Eve Sunday against the New England Patriots. Coverage on the Team Sports Network starts at 4 o'clock. Please select the title for this operation. I did. And it's still not playing. Scrolling on. The Thunder, Shea Gilgis, Alexander's butters are beater. It's easy for me to say. I haven't been drinking. I probably could have after the game yesterday. Uh, The Thunder, Shea Gilgis, Alexander's butters are beater. 
handed the Nuggets a 118-117 loss at Ball Arena Saturday after Jamal Murray jumper to go up three. Oklahoma City scored on their last two possessions to close it out. After the game, Michael Malone was displeased with his team's effort in the fourth quarter. Take two. It's not going to work. Nikola Jokic had 24, 12, 24 points, 12 rebounds. Denver is 17-10 and 10 and faced the Dallas Mavericks tonight at 7 o'clock. We will have Monday Night Football. We also uh, will maybe at some point continue on with what's happening because we are having major Houston. We have a problem. We're going to crash into the face of the moon the way our system is running right now. The Colorado Avalanche bounced back from a rough showing Saturday, beat San Jose 6-2 last night at Ball Arena. Nathan McKinnon found the net twice, added two assists in the win. They have scored the first four goals, in pair, including a pair of first-period power play tallies. They improved to 12-4 and four at home. They play at Chicago Tuesday night. The CMU Mavericks women's basketball team dropped their second RMAC game of the year, falling at Adams State 73-64. Trailing by 11 at the half, the Mavs' third quarter was not good as they were outscored by Adams 18-9. Mavs got his... Uh, back within six in the fourth quarter after being down by 22 in the second half, but it was not enough. Olivia Reed had 24 points and 16 rebounds. So I just chuckle because those are still ridiculous numbers to have mm-hmm. for a single person at, uh, in the arm back. This uh, Mavs head into the holiday break at nine and three on the men's side. They pummeled Adam state Friday night, 99 to seven, 99 times 71. The Mavs surrendered the lead. Uh, never surrendered the lead from the get-go. Had four players in double figures. Owen Coons had a tremendous night. 18 points, four steals. Assistant coach uh, Kyle Boucher said something that we're not able to play because I'm Ron Burgundy and just read what's on the prompter. Mac Rinnaker led in scoring with 20 points. CMU plays in Las Vegas today and tomorrow. Non-conference tournament as Desert Oasis High School. Fifth-ranked West Texas A&M today, followed by Simon Fraser tomorrow. Then they're off for the holiday break. For the Miami Wildcats girls basketball team dropped their first game of the season Friday at the Palisade Winter Classic, then rebounded Saturday with a 50-29 win over the host Bulldogs. Elsewhere at the Classic, Delta went 2-1, ending with a 50 or 60-54 win over Central on Saturday. The Warriors went 1-2. Grand Junction dropped all three games at Palisade, rounding out the weekend with a 62-40 loss to Silver Creek on Saturday. Montrose ended its weekend with a loss at the Longhorn Classic in Basalt falling to Ken Denver, 52-37. to 37. Needed a little drink break there. That's usually what we do when the sound is playing. Usually. But we can't play sound. It was a non-conference showdown between Fruitland Monument and Grand Junction in the finals of the Palisade Winter Classic Saturday on the boys' side. Wildcats prevail, 61-44 behind Austin Reed, 16 points. Fruita is a perfect 9-0 on the season. The Tigers fall Two, six, and three. In the third place game, Palisade fell to Silver Creek 81 64. Lane Rapelius led the Bulldogs with a game high 22. Other games at the Winter Classic Saturday saw Meade beat Central 60 44 and Delta route Cortez 75 51. Elsewhere in boys basketball, Montrose stayed unbeaten, beaten Roaring Fork by a 57 24 mark. Central sophomore Elijah Hernandez beat two-time Utah State champion Michael Alexander to claim the 126-pound championship at the Warrior Classic on Saturday. It was the first of three Central champions on the day. He was joined atop the podium by J.P. Epinosa, Espinosa, and Hassan Mains. 
None of the other Valley schools had champions, but Fruta had seven placers, followed by Central with five, Palisade with two, Grand Junction with one. Utah, Utah won the team title with Central second and Fruta third. The D51 Phoenix girls wrestling team finished the Christmas clash in Harriman, Utah with five total placers. Harley Prater finished second at 125, Molly Dare third at 145, Cheyenne Page and Shiley Tuzon finished fifth, Anaya Guajardo Zarate. Uh, finished six. The CMU Mavericks wrestling team had a pair of placers in the Midwest Classic in Indianapolis over the weekend. 184-pound junior Jason Menarowitz placed third after a win over Wisconsin Parkside Reese Waracek. The other Maverick placer was Gabe Carranza, who placed sixth at 197. On the women's side, the Mavericks went 4-2 and two with the Desert Duels in Las Vegas. In team results, the Mavericks beat Pacific, Ottawa, Arizona, Grand Canyon, and Wartburg. Their two losses came to Simon Fraser A. and Iowa. They lost to the Hawkeyes by a score of 25 to 20 and that is what's happening all red version of what's happening an acapella version if you yeah will. there you go that's good that's a good one acapella version maybe we'll have sean payton talking with dave logan post game in detroit coming up after the break maybe not we'll find out together it is the b team edition of the jim davis show buckeye and baked goods with you here on the team sports network we're gonna be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the Team. Welcome back to the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye and Bake Goods with you here. Well, Aerosmith coming back, but all sounds the same. All sounds the same. <laughs> That's rude. There's some Aerosmith I really like. Like the riff for "Sweet Emotion" is dynamite. Dynamite, 100%. Some of the others, it's like I feel like I've heard this song before. Oh, that's right. It was the last song. A little bit. That's okay. And then he fell off the stage. And now can't say mean, funny things about him because anyway. Uh, we had what's happening last segment, a little bit of a error-filled what's happening. It was a little bit like that uh, Broncos drive that they did not punch in the touchdown. But uh, when it works properly, it's brought to you by our friends at ComWest, your technology partner. We help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. Call ComWest 970-242-8142. Info at comwestcorp.com. If you want to shoot them off an email, you can fax them also, uh, 242-8139. So there you go. Things uh, seem to be working better. Broncos falling in Detroit by a score of 42-17. to 17. And after the game, Sean Payton talked with the voice of the Broncos, Dave Logan. Sean, it's Dave Logan. Tough night. Um, no question about that. It, you start off I mean, pretty good on defense. Three straight punts you force. And then they have five possessions. They score touchdowns consecutively. Yeah, look, this is one of those games. We just finished talking about it. We didn't do a lot well. We didn't coach well. Obviously, we didn't play well enough in really any of the phases. Can't generate offense early on, and then our defense is on the field too long. So it was a tough night, like you said. Yep. Yeah, you, you score in the opening drive of the a third quarter. You go 75 yards in 10 plays. You get it back, and you have a 70-yard drive. And... Then it was just a I, – I couldn't figure out what actually happened down there. I know you were very frustrated with that sequence. What what happened down there? Well, we ran a couple goal line plays. We scored with Burton. They called it back. They said we were lined in the neutral zone. So it is what it is. 
I, I got to ask you because you're going to get this question when you go to the uh, to the rest of the press. You look like it's from the TV that you're really frustrated with Russ no, on I something. I was pissed down off there. at the call, but that's part of the deal. Okay, all right. Uh, last thought: you got three games left, and you got two of those at home, and you got to yeah, find listen, a way to regroup. Dave, and... We're focused on New England right now. We got to we got to get to the tape, get our guys some rest. It's a Saturday game, but. This thing starts with New England next week. I got it. Thanks for the time. All right. Thank you. I'm really certain Dave was very thankful for that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, also, by the way, kind of to clean up. Yeah, I had to clear the throat there. That's going to be fun. Um, you had the Saturday game with Detroit. They play uh, Sunday against the Patriots, at least as far as everything I'm seeing. Yes. Sean said it was Saturday. I... I don't think that's the case. They play coming up on Sunday. And uh, Sean Payton, very, very eager to talk to Dave Logan about all of the goings-on there in week 15 as the Broncos fall in Detroit by a score of 42-17. to We go to the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, text line, 970-242-1340. We have a good, the bad, the ugly, as per usual, Dylan checking in on a Monday. And the good, the avalanche last night. Yes, very good. Tripling up the Sharks by a score of 6-2. The bad, the Colorado Sports Saturday night. Yeah, it wasn't good. Ugly, the brawl that Sean Strickland started against somebody in the crowd. I don't know who that is. Somebody at the crowd at UFC 296. <gasps> you mean somebody at the human rooster fight contest started a fight not in the chicken wire. I am shocked at these developments. Shocked, I say. I'm shocked. Shocked, I say. What kind of... What you gonna do, brother? What kind of world is it coming to that the punch him in the face contest has punch in the face outside of the contesting arena? I he, I don't know who the other person was. Apparently there was some sort of uh, uh, scrap him up at UFC 296, but isn't that kind of the whole point? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, human rooster fighting at UFC. And turns out some of the slightly over-testosterone fighters just randomly start fights, as it turns out. Lots going on. Was that in Vegas over the weekend? There's a lot of things happening in Vegas. Brandon Staley got poop canned. Well, that was Friday in Los Angeles, but... Whew, how about that? I wasn't here on Friday. Man alive. How about that game? That was just what a disaster for the Chargers. Uh, yes, it was in Vegas. Oh, okay. So there you go. Maybe that guy well, had the Chargers. Technically, it was minus six and a half or whatever. Technically, it was, it was Paradise, Nevada for UFC. So um, South Strip. T-Mobile Arena. Yep. Yeah, right there. So. And then Saturday, you had the triple header. We'll go around the NFL coming up at about a uh, half hour. Bengals with an overtime win over the Vikings. How about that blown lead Oof. by Minnesota? Yikes. Uh, the Colts, speaking of blown leads, looking at you, Stillers.
Colts with the win there. Garner Minshew, the second, the third with the win there in Indianapolis. Lots of uh, intriguing results Sunday in the league. The Texans with the win over the Titan-Oiler combo mashup. They looked great. But man alive, they had some boneheaded play calls in that play, in that game rather. Uh, The Jets. Woof. I I thought the Jets, I didn't think they were going to beat the Dolphins. Maybe I did. I don't know what I did on the pigskin pick them on the website. But did not see that one coming. Uh, Saints with a solid win. Tommy DeVito got cutleted. Look how they massacred my boy. Look at how they massacred my boy. They sent him off to the blue tent. Cardinals just get absolutely pantsed by the... You score 29 points and lose by two touchdowns. They get pantsed by the the 49ers. Ravens with a nice win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. What happened to the Cowboys? (laughs) They knew they got a playoff spot before kickoff, and they said... Brother. All right, we're done. Yeah, they were like, screw this. It's cold. That's kind of how they played in that game. It was 31-3, and it looked like it was going to get a lot worse. Rams with a nice, solid win. Panthers double their win total with a late field goal over the Falcons. Black helmets weren't working for me for the Panthers yesterday. You don't think so? Uh, just not. That's way too much. Two, they went full Vader, and they need a little bit. They need a brighter color. Just saying. Yes, we do talk a lot of fashion. A BT. Fashion, music, wrestling. One food. of those w- food. One of those four things will send people scurrying to their nearest Jim Davis to tattle. And it's not music, food, or fashion. But right now, we scurry to the small studio for Soundcheck. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. We're a little punchy, a little sleep-deprived this morning. Both of us, yeah. Yeah. Um, Colts-Steelers Saturday, Matt Gay lining up for this field goal. And it is off the upright and no good. I love the doink. It was so clean and loud. (laughs) Just... Mm-hmm. Like a like a church bell. Yeah. My favorite doink is the double doink, though. That gave no, us... Senor! Yeah. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Gave us both of those. It's so I good. I like this one. Papa! I did that on Max a couple, three weeks ago. Poor guy. <laughs> but yeah. So, so good, the double doink in Chicago. They've never really been the same. Not really, no. No. Never really been the same. We'll take a break, come back with more Jim Davis show. We'll uh, take a uh, look at what happened high school basketball-wise and CMU over the weekend. Now that I believe we have our audio issues resolved, we'll talk about that coming up. It's the Jim Davis Show, B-Team edition on the Team Sports Network. You are listening to the Jim Davis Show on the Team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Welcome back to the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye and Baked Goods with you here. If you are getting off of the next floor, we'll let you move to the front of the elevator. We're here uh, today, a B-Team edition, then uh, all back to normal tomorrow. And then you're in Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
again. And I told Jim, I said, I might as well just come in tomorrow because getting the one day, quote unquote, off yeah. and then back. Yeah, that's you might as well. It's not just, worth it. You might as well just come in tomorrow. That's you know, if you want to do that, you can do all the uh, sound and the whole thing and I'll just be here. I'll roll in about 651 <laughs> and do the show. There That'll you go. Perfect. Get paid for it. Anyway, B-Team Edition, Buckeye and Baked Goods with you here. We talked in what's happening about Avs and Nuggets. Shea Gilgis-Alexander helping the Thunder beat the Nuggets, closing the fourth quarter much better than Denver did, and Michael Malone was displeased, you could say. Coming up with such a good game against Brooklyn, and then we gave up 64 in the paint. Gave up 20 in the paint in the fourth quarter. So they scored 33 points in the fourth quarter. 20 of those came in the paint. We had four turnovers in the fourth quarter for 10 points. Most alarming stat tonight was just our inability to guard one-on-one. The Joker had 24 and 12. Denver is 17 and 10. They face Dallas tonight at 7 o'clock. On the Av side, they lost on Saturday. Second night of a back-to-back going from Winnipeg to Denver. They took on the San Jose, San Jose Sharks. Remember back earlier in the season, the Sharks who are not good? No. They were dominated by the Avs, but somehow had a one nothing lead until like late in the third. Avs scored, win in the overtime shootout. Last night, Avs didn't dominate nearly as much from possession to possession, but they still ended up winning by a score of 6-2. to two. Nathan McKinnon scored twice. The Avs had a couple of power play first period goals, and uh, head coach Jared Bednar was pleased with how they played. And obviously a couple nice plays. The second one, second one was excellent, obviously, to be able to uh, stay in there, make a couple seam passes, and kind of get the same goal on both those power plays. So really good execution on both those goals. The Avs improved to 12-4 and four at home. They play at Chicago coming up on Tuesday night. So you had uh, a busy, busy Saturday, and it didn't go well for anybody. Somehow the Rockies lost, Avs lost, Nuggets lost, Broncos lost all on the same day. It's, uh, I think, just maybe one of like 10 times three of the four teams have played on the same day since the Avs got to Colorado 96. And I think most of the time, I don't, don't know if they've ever all three won on the same day. Put it that way. So I was trying we to have that at, as a number game long, long ago. We'll have another number game coming up uh, in about 25 minutes or so. Give or take. Yeah, give or take. So 25, 35 minutes, somewhere around there. We'll have another number game coming up in uh, just a little bit. The CMU Mavericks, we talked about them. They were on the road at Adams State on Friday. The ladies falling to the Grizzlies by a score of 73-64. to This was the sound we were supposed to have with assistant coach Hannah Pollard talking about a poor third quarter for the Mavericks. We struggled to guard, and we kind of, the first half, same thing. We we just had, we just gave up too many points tonight. And then not only in the third quarter did we not guard, but we also just really struggled to score, um, turned the ball over one too many times, and just, just couldn't, couldn't get out of that funk in that third quarter. On the men's side, they out, scored Adam State 99 to 71. They never trailed four in double figures including Owen Koontz who assistant coach Kyle Bache says is one of the better players in their conference. 
six of nine from the field, and then a great defensive performance as well, getting steals. I mean, he's turning into one of the premier players in our conference, and I don't want to jinx it or anything, but if you look at some of the stats, shooting percentages, points per game, uh, he's way up there with anybody on the conference, and we're really happy that Owen's having a breakout season. Owen Koontz had uh, 18. Mavericks led by Mac Rineker, who had 20 there in Las Vegas today and tomorrow. They get West Texas A&M today and Simon Fraser tomorrow. The Palisade Tournament, the Palisade Winter Classic, took place over in Palisade, and uh, all four Valley teams were playing in that, game, in that uh, classic as well. Delta was in town. Um, Fruit of Monument got started. They beat Silver Creek on Thursday. They fell to Devlin 63-42 before beating Palisade by a score of 50-29. Grand Junction dropped all three games, losing to Palisade on Thursday, Delta on Friday, and then Silver Creek on Saturday for Central. They went 1-2. They lost to Devlin also. They beat, lost to them on Thursday. They beat Silver Creek 49-37, a pretty decent Silver Creek team, and then uh, could not complete the comeback against Delta 60-54. They fell to the Panthers. The host Bulldogs started off with a win over Grand Junction 61-45, then lost to eventual champion Meade 53-21, and then Fruit of Monument by that 50-29 mark. Montrose was playing at the Longhorn uh, Classic in Basalt. They went 2-1. and one. They beat Rifle in Moffat County on back-to-back days, then fell to Kent Denver 52-37. The Lady Redhawks are 7-2 and two on the season. And Delta 2-4 and four after uh, they went 1-2 and two at the Palisade Tournament. They lost to Meade, then beat Junction and Central. On the boys' side, Fruit of Monument stays unbeaten. They're 9-0. and oh. They won against Delta, Silver Creek, and Grand Junction at the Palisade Tournament to claim the boys' championship there. Grand Junction, they fell in the final to Fruit Other than that, they uh, snuck by Meade, 43-42, and then beat Palisade 49-40. They're at 6-3 and three under the returning Dutch Johnson. Central is 4-5. and five. They went 1-2 and two with the tournament. Uh, losing on Saturday to Meade, 62-44. Palisade is also 4-5, and five, also 1-2. and two. They beat Montezuma-Cortez to get things started on Thursday, then fell to Grand Junction, and then fell to Silver Creek yesterday, 81-64. Delta was in town as well. They went 1-2. and two. They got blitzed by Fruta on Thursday, lost by 2 to Central, and then beat Cortez, 75-51. The Panthers are two and four. And the Montrose Redhawks, they went to Basalt as well. On the boys' side, the Eagle Valley Rifle and Roaring Fork, the Redhawks are nine and zero oh on the season. The high school basketball slate gets started uh, right around the corner is what it feels like for the conference games. Everybody's off for the holiday break right now, though. So there's, uh, there's what happened out at the Palisade Winter Classic over the weekend. And I I thoroughly enjoy the fact that it's all the Valley teams. I do, too. Boys I like, and girls. I like the Warrior Challenge for that reason, having them all there. I do like the, the difference because it's nice to just kind of have all the teams playing. You know when they're going to play. You know who they're going to play at the Warrior. The tournament aspect where there's, you know, a bracket and a trophy and the whole thing at Palisade, which is uh, kind of unique and different, that makes it a lot of fun, too. I, I hope at some point they get all four Valley girls teams 
to play in the Wildcat as well. And you can just kind of have these three weekends where you don't really have to be scattered all across the state, all across the state to play some teams and get ready for the regular season. Hopefully, hopefully in the offing. Sometimes I understand you got to do what you got to do, right? As you're scheduling games and trying to find games where you can. But uh, hopefully that's something you can do in the future. We'll have uh, Prep Stars and Mighty Mavs coming up in about an hour. So still to come on the show today, we're going to go around the NFL here in about 10 minutes. All the action from Saturday and Sunday in the National Football League. We'll talk more Broncos and Lions. We've got four down territory, Mighty Mavs, Prep Stars, good call, bad call. And the NCAA went to court last week. Dun, 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 dun. They went, uh, and there's a ruling coming down to where, you know, they were asking for a restraining order on transfers, second time transfers being eligible immediately. Well, now the NCAA has decided that, you know what? Second time transfers can be eligible immediately to play through the end of this school year. So it doesn't do you any good for football. No. But basketball and some of your other sports, it will be a tremendous help to some of these transfers. How does it affect college? What? How does it affect specific players? Because the NCAA had kind of sent out wording Wednesday that, yes, the restraining order was in place and you could play, but... On the hearing that was scheduled for the 27th, if the NCAA ended up winning, then those players that played in that two-week window would lose that eligibility, which is a huge thing. Now, most people don't have COVID years anymore, especially in college basketball with your one and done. So you're kind of having to take a gamble in the NCAA. I think accidentally did the right thing. Which I guess is Which better. Which tracks, right? I, right. It's, and you know, it's, the NCAA is almost notorious for doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they we'll are. See. So they, they accidentally did the right thing. We'll see. We'll chop that up coming up in the nine o'clock hour about, you know, this and that and the whole thing. And maybe we'll uh, find some other stuff to talk about. We got all the Broncos highlights, both of them from their game in Detroit, plus a lot of Lions highlights. That's going to be part of the Around the NFL segment coming up in uh, in just a few minutes across the top of the uh, 8 o'clock hour. So you can get your thoughts in, 970-242-1340. That is the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. You can call or text 970-242-1340. It's a good, the bad, the ugly on your Monday. You can get yours in like um, Dylan did. Steve... I had an awful fight with myself every 15 minutes or so watching a team in Houston Oiler uniforms from Tennessee play a team from Houston called the Texans in Tennessee. Yes, that was was a little confusing. Delicious irony. (laughs) Because you had the Oilers Mm -hmm. out there, the now Titans, who it's different than the Ravens-Browns situation. Houston didn't sue to keep the legacy in town. They let it move to Tennessee. So they were the Tennessee Oilers, and then they changed to the Tennessee Titans, and then the franchise, the expansion franchise, was a new team. 
called the Texans, whereas the Browns were a new team in Baltimore, but it had all the same personnel, were a new team in the Ravens. The city sued, kept the legacy, and then they were deactivated for three years and were not an expansion team, although they played like one. Still do at times. <laughs> although they, so they were reactivated in 99. So, di- yeah, it was, a, it was strange. Because the time. Oilers, the Titans yesterday looked great, with the exception of Will Levis at times. Not look particularly good. Um, but uh, they end up falling to Houston. Backup quarterback, former Denver Bronco legend, Case Keenum. Oh, we're going to talk about that in Fort Nile territory. Ooh, are we? Is it yes. should have kept Case Keenum? Question mark. Uh, no, not quite. How about this? Case Keenum and Joe Flacco won yesterday. Oh. Trevor Simeon also played. Oh, I that was just we're getting we're getting into that's, that info. Okay, that's I don't want to yeah. take your downs, but. Every player that played for the Broncos over the weekend, quarterback-wise, won with the exception of Trevor Simeon. Even TB5, Teddy Bridgewater, who is uh, calling it a see ya at the end of the year. His career in Denver ruined him to the point where he's choosing to retire than continue trying to... I'm just kidding. That's not the reason it is, but... He's not even we'll, in Denver anymore. I know. We'll have hour two coming up. It's a Jim Davis show. B-Team edition on the Team Sports Network. Call or text the show 970-242-1340.